Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here is your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Hey, welcome to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. I've got, uh, maybe you're my new co-host, John Randall, I don't know, but I've got uh, another repeat offender who's repeating over and over and over again, Mr. J-O-N, John Randall himself. Maybe you can say a quick hello to everybody, Johnny. Hey, it's great to be on again. I love doing these with you. It's great to dig into this awesome industry and help others get better. We got a great co- topic today. It's going to be fun. Yes, that we do. So yeah, so John and I, uh, you know, I've been trying to have John on as a guest every you know few episodes here because I think he does an amazing job, and we're getting great feedback. And uh, we were talking last week around what what would be a good timely topic to talk through that we're both seeing with advisors, uh, you know, that I see in my own business and that John coaches around the industry. And I think there's so much noise right now um, as it relates, you know, understandably to the markets and whether we're in a recession or not. And obviously uh, markets are a bit dislocated. Um, And, you know, John and I always go back to our roots, right? Which is comprehensive financial planning. And you're gonna hear it charging a fee and separating advice fees from asset management fees, the benefits of how to do that, how to do that, why it's valuable, how it makes a difference uh, in people's lives and your own business. And, you know, John and I thought it would be a really good idea to talk through that a little bit today um, and maybe help everyone reframe a little bit to stop talking about this darn market uh, and talk about uh, how to help people achieve their goals, which is really me what financial planning is all about with that being said john maybe i'll you know kind of throw you a little softball there and um maybe you can talk a little bit about kind of what you're seeing in the industry uh with folks you coach and i know you do a lot of guest speaking at you know different uh you know off-site meetings and conferences and so on etc uh, as it relates to the planning in the world these days Probably the biggest thing for everyone to consider is the trend that's going on in the industry. And this is a trend that should be your friend. There is an increasing engagement and increasing price for advice. Financial planning advice is here to stay. It is increasing in fees. It is increasing in engagement. That part of our industry is increasing. The part of our industry that is decreasing is asset management. Now, look, I know that's where most of your revenue comes from, but you look at what's happening in the industry, that revenue, the amount of revenue, the percentage of revenue you can charge is diminishing. It's decreasing there. And some of the people that are catching on to this trend and um, really running with it, they are shifting more of what clients pay towards the advice side and less towards the asset management side. And it's really just uh, aligns with the palette of Americans. You look at what people want. There's so many low cost providers for asset management that have sort of diluted and and driven down the, the average price of one having their money managed. 
you know, that's a big challenge. I'm sure a lot of you professional advisors out there that do professional money management and have a team that, that uh, manages many millions for many great clients. It's uh, confusing for the marketplace to know, well, what's the difference of that and go into, you know, low cost provider like uh, Vanguard or Schwab or uh, somewhere else like that. It's confusing for people. But the biggest differentiator that an advisor could have is financial planning. Not many advisors really do it. Uh, there's a lot of free planning tools. A lot of advisors say they do it. But when there's a real transaction of paying for it, it's a much different engagement than, you know, we'll look at this free tool once a year or I do planning. I sort of include it in my asset management fees. The advisors that have a clear engagement, the clients are paying for that advice. That's what they're latching onto. They care way more about the advice than they do the asset management. So it's a big trend. We'll talk a lot about just the further benefits you know, of this, but as, if, as we look ahead in the industry, and if we're talking about this 10 years from now, you're going to see much more of advisors' revenue come from true financial planning advice and much less come from asset management fees. So it is a trend. And like I say, that trend should be your friend. That should be your friend. I like that. Yeah. So, John, you know, I, I think you hit a, hit a lot of great points there, but one that I wanted to kind of emphasize um, you know, I, I obviously, and, and you, we talked to lots of advisors in the industry, and I think you're exactly right. I think advisors themselves, and this is the key, right? We're talking to a group of advisors here. Advisors themselves don't always believe that they provide value or that advisors that do planning actually provide value. I've heard advisors say it, um, and I've called them on it. Right. So I just I want to talk a little bit about as you think about planning, um, you know, what is real planning? What is it that the advisor is able to bring to the table for their client or their prospective client where they can hopefully feel good that they provided value for the fee that they received above and beyond? Hopefully, right. What was charged? Right. I, I'm a huge believer in that. I believe financial planning um, is the backbone of what we do in our financial planning practice. Like you said, really what Americans need planning, not asset management, mm -hmm. uh, but true gold place, gold based, I should say, financial planning. Um, I could go back, you know, one of both of our mentors, Doug Lenick, right? I, you know, I'm not sure of the exact year, to be honest, but it might have been. I guess is the early 2000s, late, you know, 1999. I remember Doug had this thing um, at one of our national conferences and he was calling it the ace of advice, right? And that in essence, I remember putting the, you know, the, the, the card uh, up on the slideshow when it was the ace of speeds, I think, or diamonds, I don't remember uh, which suit it actually was. Um, but he talked about the ace of advice and that advice is basically where it's at and that is the trump card for any product or service that you have um so i just wanted to flip that to you and maybe you can just talk about why you think advisors might feel that way and maybe how they can feel better about building a system and a process that they can feel good about yes there's a lot of interesting you know aspects here i i think um 
there's, there's a concept of value and price. So if you could visualize a weight scale and values on one side and prices on the other, any professional service really goes through this. So, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but values in the price of the buyer. So if a buyer can recognize, hey, this is really valuable, you know, I'll pay it. Okay, your asset management is superior to the low cost provider. You know, I'm willing to pay more, I'm willing to invest in it. Um, the Mercedes is higher quality and it's going to keep my family safe over the Yugo. So, so th there, there, there is a concept there. And when you look at the value of asset management, you look at the value of advice. You know, people clearly are seeing the value of advice and that weight scale is pretty significant. And we've seen the really the, the average fee in the industry for financial planning is about tripled in the last few years. And um, I'd say it's about true. It's about doubled in the last few years, about tripled in the last like, five years. And it just shows that trend is catching on. So you're right, Doug Lenick, who is like, he's like Yoda uh, from Star Wars. He, he's one of my coaches. I, I work with Doug. And, and you're right, John, Doug called this 20 years ago, that this is what people want and they're going to value it. And he called that this is where the industry is heading and that they're going to see more value there. And you're also going to see a higher price because people value it so much. You're going to see that increasing and you're going to see um, investment fees decreasing. So uh, I, there, there's a, a great um, you know, book I've referenced on this before, uh, Supernova Advisor, written by my buddy Rob Knapp. That was really his big discovery in the book that he wrote a while ago was that to keep clients and to give them what they want, when he stopped and asked them what they want, it was financial planning. They didn't care what small cap value position they were using in the portfolio. They wanted to make sure they could retire, the number one concern of Americans. They wanted to manage their taxes, you know, second biggest concern. The, the, the close third is, is long-term healthcare costs. You know, how can I avoid these things? So when you go right at what people want, that's valuable. So it, it really just plays into you know, what, what you said, John, what America needs and what they want. This is it. And if this is the centerpiece of your relationship with clients, this is the path to keeping them for a very, very long time. And this is the path to really increase your revenue, not through the planning fee, but we'll get into how this creates more opportunities to do more business with the client. But in general, it's, it's this whole concept of value and price. It's helping people align to what they perceive to be more valuable, which is financial planning advice. So John, um, you mentioned fees have trended north, right? Over the last three or five years. You know, in your, obviously, I don't think it's an exact statistic, but um, where do you see most advisors just out of curiosity charging uh, for ongoing planning. I, and I think that's what you mean, right? Just to be clear, it's not mm -hmm. a one-time, like we used to do back in the day, fee to build a book. It's an advice fee to pay for access to my intellectual capital as your advisor and a process that I'll deliver to you on an ongoing basis in order to provide value as it relates to all things financial. Um, yes. Right, so, so you're talking ongoing. Yeah, so the, the average, and, and this came from, um, uh, there's a, a bunch of things that have it. My, Michael Kitsis had a great podcast um, about a year and a half ago that said that 2,500 
is the average going rate for this advice. And, and it's gone up. I remember when you were my training manager, John, in the late 90s, uh, it was 350 bucks, one time fee for the rest of your life, one yes. financial plan. Right. And it was it was more of a loss leader It was, hey, if we do this plan, we can sell stuff from it. Right. We can roll over assets. We can do insurance. But um, as time progressed on, as Doug Lennon predicted, people want more of this and people are willing to pay for this. And it's really skyrocketed. Uh, I, I have plenty of practices I work with charge, you know, well over five thousand five figures uh, for just the advice alone. You know, not the it does not include it's not wrapped into the asset management fee. But, you know, if you think about 2,500, you know, average client, the average rate, you know, that's the going rate. But you think about your better clients, they're probably going to be well above that. Yeah. So, John, you know, to help our audience a little bit here. So you think about that, right? Or I think about that and I go, OK, if I'm an advisor who's not doing planning for all or any of my clientele, and I'm a typical advisor, I've got, you know, 200 families. Average account size is maybe a half million dollars, and um, you know I'm managing hundred million dollars of assets, right? Doing maybe eight hundred thousand or a million a year in revenue. If if I actually thought about changing my business model and doing comprehensive planning, charge the industry average of call it twenty five hundred dollars a year. Forget about, which we'll talk about in a minute, the value that that provides to the client, the other business opportunities that come from doing real planning clients. But if half of my 200 families or 100 of them ultimately agreed to pay me $2,500 a year for planning, I would create an additional quarter of a million dollars in ongoing recurring planning fees above and beyond, call it the million dollars, right, of revenue that I'm earning, therefore, a 25% increase in gross revenue without probably a heck of a lot of expense that goes along with that. Maybe a planning assistant or something could be necessary. So just from the business merit of it, forget about the ancillary business that can come from planning. It sounds like it could be a real revenue driver as well. Big time. And, and you described the, the, the profit margin opportunity here. I'd say the number one barrier for advisors doing planning is the work. There's a lot of work involved. If I did 100 plans, there's no way I could do it. But you're right. You could hire someone to do this. And they could be maybe someone who's, you know, maybe they're out of college. Maybe they're aspiring to be an advisor one day. And you pay them 50, 60, you know, 1,000 a year as a new person. Maybe they move up to 75 as they get more proficient and really good. Uh, they could do all this stuff. You know, they could do all the plans. They could do the data gathering with the client. They could, you know, set up some, you know, recommendations with, with your guidance. I mean, they could do a bulk of the work and really, you know, set you up to have much better conversations with clients. This is a big multi-six-figure, you know, profit margin opportunity here for, for practices. And you're right. It doesn't have to diminish what you currently charge for, um, asset management. I come across so many people that say, hey, my average clients, you know, 1.52 million, I charge 1% across the board, and I include planning. Well, you know, when we have market dips like this year, you know, it can hurt. The other thing about that, that example, John, of that $250,000 line of business, you know, it's not tied to the market. 
yes, you can increase these as complexity, net worth, you know, as things increase in the client's life, you can increase that average $2,500 fee. But in a year like this, it's nice to have a consistent revenue coming into your firm that's, you know, a little bit recession proof here. People want advice more than ever when stuff is going on into the mar in the markets when uh, you know, one of your pieces of business is declining, it's nice to have a piece that's consistent or going up. Yeah, so John, you hit, I think one of the two big objections that I hear, right? So you know, the one is the one you just hit, which is, um, well, there's gonna be all this work and I don't have any time and et cetera, et cetera, right? And you know, I think you hit that a little bit, A, it could be outsourced, B, you don't go from zero to 100 either, right? Like, so how about <laughs> you do one, right? Or two or five, and figure out how to get that work done and then you build a system around it, which could be a whole nother podcast. By the way. Um, but the second one, and I think I'd like to go a little deeper with you on this, right? That I hear, um, even with my own advisors, well, you know, my clients have, to your point, a million or a million and a half dollars with me. I'm charging them 1%, that's 10,000, 15,000 a year in fees. To now go back to them and say, hey, in addition to this asset management fee, I want to do this financial planning work for you as if, right, as if they're doing you a favor, which is more of a problem here, right? Um, and it's going to be $2,500 a year. And man, as an advisor, John, I don't really feel comfortable. I don't want to lose my million and a half dollar account because I care about them and ask them to do planning and you know, provide a better service to them. Or I could just do it on a you know yellow pad. I've 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 heard it all, right? Um, as I'm sure you have as well. But maybe you can just talk through a little bit your thoughts on that, and you know if you've got a process to coach advisors through how to kind of have that conversation with an existing client who's been with them for many years that isn't used to paying for planning and how to how to get that client activated. Right. So they say, hey, I, I want to actually do planning. I see the value in it and I'm willing to pay to get that service. So it really starts with with the mindset. You know, this is such a self-limiting belief that my clients won't pay for this. You know, they already pay a lot for their asset management. I've got tough clients. They challenge me on their asset management fees. There's no way on earth I could add this on. Uh, you're, you're right. Tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, barrier into getting into this. So I, I really, you know, challenge, let's think about the opposite of this, that you'll probably lose your clients if you do not do this, because there are others out there who might make this available to people and they'll probably jump to them because we know the root of all this is people want advice. And if you have a professional offering that's very clear and engaged in advice, those clients are sticking, they are staying around. So if you shift to thinking from, I'm not sure if I'm gonna add this on or if I can charge to, if I don't, I will probably lose them. It helps advisors shift. And if we get caught up with asset management fees, look, there's somebody out there that will manage your client's assets for cheaper and they'll do a darn good job at it. So you've got to be good at value interpretation. It's not about price. You'll, you'll go out of business if you try and undercut people and uh, try and compete on price. You just, you can't do that. You've got to be more valuable than others. And this is really the silver bullet. This is the way to be valuable. This is the way to keep clients. 
So, so once you have a little bit different thinking that, okay, this is what people want. And if I don't do it, they're probably going to leave. Then it opens the door to, well, let's just make it an option if they wanted to do it and, and see what happens. And usually uh, we have some questions we help advisors go through just asking, hey, what are you worried about? What do you really want help with? What's the best advice I can give you? And you ask those questions a few times, you really get down to the stuff that they want. Sure, retirement's a big concern. People might want that. But there might be some other things. Like we want to do something for our grandkids and we don't know what to do. We want to, you know, do this special thing and we're not sure if we can do it. You know, can you help me with that? Sometimes these are the best reasons to do planning. So if you just ask questions about what they really want help with, they're going to open the door to the reasons to do some kind of full financial planning. And yeah. then you can, you know, position the value that, gosh, if you got help with this, you know, what would that be like? I have a service available that I could help you with that. Here's what it looks like. And you know, some advisors have the challenge of, of spitting out the 2,500 or 5,000 uh, uh, all at once. You could position those as a, a monthly rate. You could say, hey, it's a couple hundred bucks a month. Uh, if you compare that to their entertainment of cable TV or satellite TV, it's uh, pretty cheap to get help with these really, yeah. really important things when you compare that. But also, I, I think having a tool like a menu to show them this, it really helps. And if anyone wants examples of menus, I, I've got some great ones that I'm, I'm, I, I'd be happy to share with you. Just shoot me an email. But uh, menus that show that, hey, when you only do investments, here's what you get. And I might have two or three levels of planning available so that, you know, I could help, you know, your kid that's kind of getting started out. I've got my standard level of, you know, 2,500, the, the average offering, but I also have a level that I can help more complex clients, clients with a lot of needs, some tax uniqueness, maybe some estate planning issues, maybe a business owner that's got a lot of complexity, you know, a levels that you could help them there. And some of the advisors that I've seen use a menu when they let the clients choose that, hey, how much engagement do you want? How much help do you, do you really want here? Uh, I, I remember one of the advisors I coached to try this, he had a lot of his top clients, you know, I want this high level. And he said, you know, you probably don't want that. That's it's 10,000 a year. You know, are you sure you want that? Said, yeah, that's no big deal. It, it's, it's amazing when you just you think differently you ask questions about what they want. You have something like a visual menu to let them choose. Man, it, it's, it's incredible what happens. And it, it, then it reinforces the, okay, I need to do this. And clients want this and they're willing to pay for it. Then advisors take off. Then they have this reinforcement of uh, this is the right thing to do. This is the right path, which so many advisors in the industry do. Some of the highest uh, client satisfaction advisors that keep clients for long times and get more referrals that they can handle. Financial planning is the center point of, of what they do, but we've all got to get out of our own way and, and make this leap to that point. And it starts with you know overcoming some of these self-limited beliefs, getting through it, having some questions in your back pocket to ask and leveraging some kind of menu to let people choose what level they want and opening the door.
and getting them into this is great. And hey, you can move them up and you can move prices up in the future, but it's taking that first one, two, five clients, as you said, John, and, and getting them started with it. Uh, that, that's really the starting place for advisors to enter into this or to increase what they're doing. Yeah, so great points, uh, you know, John, to unpack a couple of the things that you said, I'll just add a little, a little color to some of them maybe and, and drill down with you on one or two. Um, you know, when, when I, you know, one of the, one of the things that you said that really resonated that I didn't always do in my own business. And that I think a lot of advisors miss is they think by just saying to a client, Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Randall. So, you know, we also do planning and we can do that for you. It's $2,500 a year. Let me know if you're interested. Right. Uh, if not, that's okay. So, um, building to your point, a menu of services or a deck, which is what we do, a combination of a menu of services and a deck that actually explains tangibly in writing all of the things that the client will get that they don't get today. And of course, being able to deliver on that by giving a different experience, it almost is the easiest sale that you're ever going to make particularly with an existing client, right? We call it upgrading or activating, um, et cetera. And what, what we've done in our business, and I know, John, you've helped us with this strategy a little bit, right? Is we've actually asked our advisors to first, you know, it's a whole process of making sure everyone understands the value, why this is good for the client and truly believing, right? Like you said, the mindset that you can serve your clients better by offering them this service. And that if you don't offer them this service, someone else may, and you may lose the client because they don't know that you offer this service. And what, you know, what we've done is we've, we've decided to differentiate the conversation. And what I mean by that is we ask our advisors to have one meeting a week with an existing client off campus, meaning not on a video conference, not in the conference room, but over a cup of coffee or breakfast or lunch or dinner um, to kind of get out, differentiate the meeting and to have what we call kind of like a heart to heart conversation with the client. And you know, we have some scripting around it, but off the cuff, after you have some small talk with the client, you're gonna share something like this, right? Have a nice breakfast together, you catch up and go, hey, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Randall, you know, the reason that one of the reasons that I wanted to get out with you today was, you know, A, to catch up and say hello and be a little social together. But I also wanted to share with you that I've myself been doing some kind of soul searching. And as I've been, you know, thinking a lot about my career and thinking about how I serve my clients, I've realized that one of the reasons I got into the financial planning business was to do true comprehensive financial planning for my clients um, and be able to engage and almost act as their personal CFO, where I can help them make smart, sound decisions and become their go-to on each and every area of their financial life for themselves, their children, right? The people that they care about in their lives. And I think I've been able to do a lot of that for my clients, including you, Mr. and Mrs. Randall. 
Um, in doing some soul searching, what I've realized is I'm actually not doing the level of comprehensive planning that I actually intended to do for my clients as the industry shifted more to this sort of asset management business, a lot, of, a lot more work around investments and talking about investing. And I've started over the last year or so to engage my new clients that have come to me from referrals or from other sources in true comprehensive planning. And what I've realized, Mr. and Mrs. Randall, is the process I'm taking them through and providing them is actually more valuable than what I'm doing for people like you right now. And that, quite frankly, isn't fair to you because you've been a client for over 10 years. And what I wanted to do today is just A, kind of get that off my chest a little bit and B, get your permission. You just spend five or 10 minutes here talking to you about the different levels of service that we provide um, to make sure that we're giving you the right level because I actually think we could do a more um, and have a more engaging relationship and I can provide even more value than I do today if you would allow me the opportunity to dig a little deeper. Would it be okay if I walk you through a little bit about the different menu of services that we offer and at the end we can decide whether or not it's best for you and if it's not, totally cool keeping things exactly as they are but I genuinely think we could probably provide more value and help you and your family. Would you be willing to go through that with me? I, so I, I put it that way, and that was more wordy, probably, John, than I, I, you would need to be with a client. Uh, but I want to emphasize it. I've asked the advisors, you know, the rhetorical question, if you did that once a week over breakfast, lunch, or dinner with a client that you've already got a great relationship with, and you said exactly what I said or some version of it, you said that 50 times in the next 12 months, how many of your clients would give you a shot? to go, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to pay $200 a month or you know, $800 a quarter or $700 a quarter, whatever it works out to be, um, to go through this planning process and see if you can provide some more. I pause there, John, right? And I know you've seen us do this in our business and you've helped other advisors do this. Statistically speaking, I'll give you the punchline. About two thirds of clients say yes. Right, so you do that 50 times, you're going to ultimately have 32, 33 clients say yes, which is a pretty darn good success ratio if you ask me. I'll kind of bounce it back to you, John, for any thoughts or comments. Hey, you're right, I mean, that's a quick, almost six figures in new revenue right there with one quick meeting a week. There's so much great framing in, in what, what Cutton uh, took us through there. Uh, so much and just being transparent with them that, gosh, we're finding this to be really valuable with others. And I want to make sure I'm bringing it to you. The third party of the industry, it, it's, we're, this is really catching on in, in the industry. And also what was really important is it wasn't an ultimatum that we're going to do this. You know, if you, you heard something really amazing, what John said was, hey, we can keep doing what we're doing. I just want to make sure you know about these options that they are available for you. That's the, the that's the one. You know, that's what's really huge. That hey, if you just want us to manage your money, that's fine. We can do that. But you open the door. I think you know, a lot of you listening will find it's more than two thirds of people will be you know very interested in in doing this. In in the way I like the way that Cut and Wealth uh, you know frames these and even names these. They call them CFO engagements. 
and you work with a higher level, you know, clients uh, that knows what a CFO is. I mean, that that's such a great way to frame it that, hey, we're going to be your personal CFO. We're going to help, uh, you know, take this over. That's part of that particular engagement there. And it's, um, it's, it's an easy frame, but I also like too how it's, uh, it, it's kind of a different than the typical meeting. And it's really neat to do it over like a cup of coffee, a meal, and, you know, something yeah. different. And, and Johnny, that is the, these are the steps that people skip, right? Yeah. So even my own advice, well, you know, you drill down a little bit and you go, well, did you do it off, you know, offsite? Well, no, I did a normal review meeting. I talked about the market. We talked about the recession. We talked about everything under the sun. Then I only had five minutes left. So yeah, I had a yeah. bullet point to talk about, you know, financial planning and we kind of ran out of time. So they said they wanted to. So this should be the whole sole purpose of the meeting should be to talk about whether or not planning is right for them. And by the way, at the end of it, if you have a trusting relationship and in addition to having a trusting relationship, you present it the right way and you build a little bit of a presentation and you can show, not say, but show, I'm going to say it again, show, not say, meaning have it in writing, let them visualize it, let them see it, the value proposition that you actually provide, you will have an extreme amount of success. Of course, you then need to be able to back it up and you need to be able to deliver a great experience through planning and provide more value. Um, which is maybe a whole nother episode uh, as well, but I think that's an important thing. I stole most of my good ideas. Paul Latham, who was a guest uh, on the show, and John, you know, I actually yeah. quoted Paul Latham. Paul, if you're listening, I quoted you two days in a row, my friend. The sun is shining on you. Uh, we did that in our mastermind group yesterday. I talked about Paul. Um, but I stole from him. He had this term, and he called it a knowledge injector, right? And one of the things that I've built into my business is knowledge injection. And what a knowledge injection is, it is a combination, as I look at it, as a um, client retention tool, as well as a sales tool. So what do I mean when I say that? Every time you meet with a client, the object of that meeting is, is you know, there's a lot of different objects of the meeting, right? Is, serve the client to answer questions, keep relationship, et cetera. But I believe in every meeting, you should be passing knowledge along to that client, whether or not you think that client is going to say yes. So whether that be the fact that you provide financial planning, it could be how a hedge fund works. It could be how covered call options work. It could be how whole life insurance works. It could be how long-term care insurance works. Be the, the power of compound interest. It could be, you know, uh, the, the tax control triangle, so on, etc. But the concept here is if you teach the client something and you simply position it by saying, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Randall, this might not even be appropriate for you, but I think it's a really important tool for you to understand because one day it might be, or it might be for your children or for your next door neighbor or for your parents. So let me take a minute. Are you familiar with how a private equity investment works? Are you familiar with, you know, by the way, you don't qualify for it yet. I don't think, I don't think it's appropriate for you, but let me explain to you how a private equity investment works or how a hedge fund works or how life insurance works. 
And the reason I share that is this prevents your client from getting an invitation to somebody's rubber chicken seminar about hedge funds or about the tax control triangle or about any of the things I just mentioned. And they walk into that dinner seminar and they're wooed and they say the words, I didn't know John Randall did financial, or, or how come my advisor never talked to me about comprehensive financial planning? How come my advisor never let me know how a hedge fund works, so on, et cetera? And what you'll find if you build into your process consistent knowledge injections, one, you'll get people who say yes and do the business with you. Two, you'll get referrals unsolicited because they'll go home and tell someone that they're friends with or family member. I was talking to my financial advisor and he does private equity. Or he has a whole process or she has a whole process around estate planning or they do comprehensive planning, so on, et cetera. Um, so I just wanted to kind of share that. Um, I went on a little longer than I wanted to, by the way. But, but be that as it may, um, knowledge injections are a super way to, and that's how I look at the financial planning piece, just a knowledge injection. Mr. Smith, I didn't know if you knew we did this, but here's a service. Let me explain to you how it works. They may very well just say, oh my goodness, this sounds amazing. Let's give it a try. Awesome. It, it's along the lines of what you said of the, uh, the other advisors and the rubber chicken dinner. Uh, you look at what's coming in the industry, the trillions with a T of assets that will be moving out of workplace retirement plans, probably to some advisor or some firm. If you wanna be part of that and capturing that, uh, you, you gotta be a place that people want to go. And there is an industry trend of people when they approach that stage of retirement, they're seeing that their current advisor doesn't do financial planning and they're choosing to roll over their large uh, amount of assets to somebody else who does planning. So making sure people know what you do through these knowledge injections is, is important, but you know, at a, at a critical fundamental, making sure that they know and they can visually see that you do financial planning and you do it at different levels, it, it's critical. And if you, even if you're already doing planning, you know, there, there's some people I work with, every single client does, does paid for planning, they can't be a client if they're not, there's still opportunities for them to use these exact same techniques to move up market, to move their fees up, to work with bigger, better clients, uh, to move up you know, in referrals, to duplicate some top clients. There's so much that can come from this, but um, they're just, I mean, they're, they're not hard techniques. They're little things that uh, most advisors just don't do. You know, we get caught up with the typical meeting and talking about the market and like, it's boring for people. They just wanna know that they're gonna be okay and you should bring them some kind of value. And if you're bringing a value that they like, they're going to stick around. And if it's really, really good value and it's a good experience, hey, then they might tell others about it. And it can be a tremendous referral tool where it can open the door to, to a lot of new people. You know, we haven't, we haven't even touched on the amount of new business that can come from these kind of CFO or financial planning in, engagements. But uh, it, it is a tremendous referral tool as well because not many people are really doing it. Uh, it's catching on and those that do their landing clients, they're keeping them. And it, it's one of the most important parts of our industry. Yeah, John, you know, as we're running a little uh, light on time here, um, I'll just summarize a couple of things, right? So 
you mentioned referrals, right? Going through comprehensive financial planning increases likelihood of referrals. All of a sudden, you go through the financial planning process and what happens? You realize that Mr. and Mrs. Smith forgot to tell you about the half million dollars they keep in their local bank account. They forgot to tell you about their O4K. They forgot to tell you about the life insurance policy that they had outside. They forgot to tell you about the long-term care policy, by the way, that they bought through somebody else because they didn't know you offered it, right? Which is always a sad one when you ultimately get that. So the level of opportunity, right, that you find through doing planning is that other added benefit, right? And it's been proven over and over again. I'm sure you'd agree, John, that clients who do planning the average gross revenue per family, I think is like 50 or 60% higher than a investment only client. Kind of crazy. It, it's significant. And, and you can see how it could happen. You know, if you're really doing planning and investigating where all the assets are, advisors that do this, they capture more of the client assets. Uh, a, a lot of advisors don't do insurance. It's another six-figure you know, revenue potential in, in your business. And look, there's going to be opportunities there. And it may not be the, you know, you're, you're protecting uh, against, you know, you, 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 you've got a mortgage, you, you've got a young family, and if something happened, you know, there'd be a gap. I think it's bigger and beyond that. It's more of the tax benefits of, of insurance. That's where you know, real financial planning can really come into play. And, and then you get into some, you know, different types of uh, policies and uh, larger, you know, insurance production here. I mean, it, it leads to so much. And just when you dig deeper, there's so many opportunities with clients, they're going to do it somewhere, or they're going to have a disservice where they're not covered and they're not doing these things. So you can make it available to them and you can help them with things that may not be on the radar. And it, it when you help people stuff and you give them value, it leads to more business. It, it just does. And so those statistics are right on. And a lot of firms do track this, uh, these statistics. It's astounding how much more business these planning clients do and how sticky they are too. Uh, they're, they should be a huge part of your practice if you're not doing it. If you are doing it, do more. Do even more with this. Press where your fees are going because it is so valuable to clients. They will pay. And it's your role to lead them, to take them to the next level and be even more valuable. You got clients that are paying you five figures just for advice, separate for their asset management. I would gather that you would probably be really trying to give them great value. You would probably be trying to find them some great things, whether it's tax savings, estate plannings, you would probably bring the goods if someone's paying you that. So go for it. It's tremendous, tremendous. One of your biggest opportunities. And like I said, probably the most important part of our industry. John, they call it the ace of advice or Doug calls it the ace of advice for a reason, right? So yeah. I think that's a, a great spot for us to pause my my final, because you know I've always got to get the last word in, since I'm a little kid. Uh, my final piece that I'd share, um, and this will be a good one, uh, I think, for everyone listening to kind of ponder on um, after they listen to the podcast, is we all, and I'm guilty uh, of this myself, we all seem to focus on more and new, right? What do I mean when I say that? We all seem to focus on, I wanna go acquire another practice. I wanna recruit another advisor. I wanna figure out another marketing strategy, have a podcast, use LinkedIn or 
get referral seminars going or dinner seminars, or buy leads or you name it, right? There's gold in your business by just doing more. And the cost to do more is zero. There's probably nothing you could do that will add more net profitability, EBITDA, EBOC, whatever you want to call it, to your business than going deeper with your existing clients, doing more business with them, and being introduced free of charge to their friends and family by actually being more valuable. And what's interesting, John, um, is advisors shy away from it because they're actually, in my experience, concerned that they're not going to be able to deliver the goods, they're not going to be able to provide the value. And you know, hopefully with this podcast, did a little bit for everybody listening, it's helped everybody understand that you can do it. There is um, a process and sometimes the best thing to ultimately do is to go interview someone like John Randall, who helps advisors figure out how to put a system and process in place, actually figure out how to do these things. Um, because ultimately that little nugget that you can learn, being able to add planning to your client base, charge fees, win more business, get referrals, think about the extra profit, equity value, so on, et cetera, that that could lead to your business. With that, I hope everyone enjoyed today another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. John, by now, I think everybody knows where to find you, but maybe uh, you could just hit everybody with your uh, contact informa information one more time, and then I'll wrap things up. Yeah, it's uh, John at dynamicdirections-d2.com. It's also our website you can check out. Uh, some of our programs are launching under um, a uh, uh, website, xfa.coach, which stands for Extraordinary Financial Advisor.coach is a website. Uh, you'll be able to find us there. But um, uh, right in the, in the bottom of these, these podcasts, we usually have, have my contact info so you can easily click. Uh, certainly Facebook, LinkedIn, I'm all over there. Check out our stuff. We post free videos every week of stuff like this, just giving away value. So uh, love to hear from you. Love to help. It's a great topic and uh, love seeing advisors grow, keep clients, do more with clients, increase production, revenue, GDC. That's what it's all about, baby. You started with a clap and you ended with a clap, my friend. So <laughs> with that, hey, Johnny, thanks for, uh, for joining us again today. Uh, and to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you yourself or anyone you know could be a good, interesting guest, uh, please email us or shoot us a note on our website. And uh, again, I hope everybody enjoyed another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttonconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you next week.